the confidence of the Lexus GX's full-time four-wheel drive, the power of its remarkable towing capacity, and you, speechless after experiencing it all. During the Lexus Command Performance Sales Event, experience the sounds of versatility now with extraordinary offers on our most elevated SUVs, including the RX, LX, NX, and capable GX. Now through April 2nd, see your South Florida Lexus dealer. right you might be donald duck hooray for hollywood this is damn you hollywood and tonight i am your host the mandated reporter and frankly i'm mortified mr mark radledge robert winfrey is on vacation in sunny los angeles he's actually in hollywood and he's currently outside warner brothers studio shaking a fist at them Damn you, Warner Brothers. Damn you. Damn you to hell. Uh, but enough about Robert Winfrey. I've, uh, I've thrown him off the boat. Uh, I've replaced him with two very good hosts. Very good co-hosts. They host their own... <laughs> they host their own shows. First, the disapproving dad and the host of Source Material in his own right... The man who I can say, Jesse, I have a project that I can very well do myself, but I want you to do it because I don't want to do it myself. <laughs> and he does it. And so he's a good egg in my book. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jesse Starcher. How do you do, sir? <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so let me address that. Uh, I <laughs> before I address it though, let me bring on our uh, our third chair here. He's the host of the Screaming Boy Podcast. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he's the Harumphy Humph. He's Ronnie Adams. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. No one. No one's taking that from you, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ronnie. Thank you. <laughs> glad, glad, glad you could be here. Um, with all of that out of the way, we are going to review Tomb Raider uh, this evening, as this is Tomb Raider Week on the Rattleton Broadcasting Network. Uh, it came out this past Friday. We all saw it. We're going to talk about it. But before I do, let me quick address what Jesse was talking about. I ha- had contacted a Facebook a Facebook group, um, Movie Pass fans. If you don't know what Movie Pass is, uh, Movie Pass is a uh, monthly um, monthly membership where for ten dollars a month you can see one movie a day every day uh, all month long. And whether you use the e-ticketing service or the traditional ticketing service, essentially, you pick a movie, you check into your theater, it either loads your card or you can reserve a ticket, depending on how the theater works, and then uh, you get, essentially, a free ticket to go see a movie, as long as it's not Dolby or IMAX or 3D or something. Uh, Which, by the way, the three of us are all members of this, and we've been all using it pretty well. I go see a movie a week now. Well, I'm part of a Facebook group that's, uh, as I said, MoviePass fans, and I contacted them and I said, you know, hey, can I start pe- can I start posting my reviews of movies that I've seen using the MoviePass? And I was going to start with this one, as a matter of fact, and I was told, sure, but there are some conditions, and and there are always conditions, aren't there? They said no foul language; it has to be G-rated. And if you've ever heard any of my po- <laughs> if you've ever heard any of my podcasts before, you know that that's not easy. <laughs> For me, I uh, I can curse with the best of them. The other thing it was was no spoiler. You know, if you're there's going to be spoilers, make sure you say at the top of the show. Make sure it's very plainly obvious to any idiot who might be clicking into the show. There are spoilers here. Stop crying. That's easy enough. We always say that there's spoilers at the top of the show. Uh, and I was telling my wife about this, and you know, look, my wife is very very good about calling me out on my bullshit. She doesn't always have it right, but more more often than not, she uh, she kind of gets me back on track again when I stray off the path. And she said, don't change the show to accommodate anybody. Do the show that you want to do. Those who like it will come and listen to it, and those who won't will stay away. But ju- But if you try to change the show to accommodate that group of people, um, they're not going to like the show anyway. It, it's... You know, if they're looking for you know a G-rated non-spoiler review, that's just not you guys. No matter how much you clean up the language, don't be a sellout. It's not worth it. Right? Do the show that you've been doing. The show is called "Damn You Hollywood." Do "Damn You Hollywood." So, and so she's right. So we're not changing the show in any way. Um, they'll be uh, they'll be cursing in abundance because <laughs> sure. Um, because we can, God fucking damn it! All right, uh, <laughs> what is your pig filthy? <laughs> hey, you! <laughs> hey, your pig is filthy. Clean it. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh. <laughs> hey, your pig is filthy. Got it. All right. As I said, Tomb Raider came out. Now, before we get into the movie, real quick, uh, both you guys saw it. Are you familiar? Like, like, tell me a little bit. 
about your uh, familiarity with the Tomb Raider franchise. Have you guys played the games? Have you seen the movies? Have you jerked off to the porn? Tell me your tell me your secrets. Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies, Ronnie Adams. And your thoughts on all of the above? Uh, you're referring to, you're referring to Cradle of Life. Okay, which will be de- which I'll be defending on on trial this Thursday. Like, I like a challenge. All right, <laughs> all right, Jesse, tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Tell me your thoughts on God because I'd really like to meet her. Good night, everybody.
I may have played the games when I was younger. They they didn't leave much of an impact on me, but I definitely watched the movies, and uh, I'm revisiting them now in preparation for uh, this week and on trial and whatnot. So let's get into the first part of our review here, which is the plot synopsis. And uh, uh, this is now this is normally Robert Winfrey's job, and I always yell at him about. You know, don't go into business for yourself when you're doing this. Just do a plot synopsis. Stop editorializing. Let's see if I can follow my own goddamn advice. All right. So, uh, McNulty from The Wire. Uh, <laughs> so, McNulty... F- it <laughs> The Wire. Um... So McNulty is Lara Croft's dad, and he has gone and he has disappeared, um, leave, po- leaving Lara a vast fortune and his company. However, she has opted to not take ownership of of these things, trying to make a life for herself, but also because she does not want to admit that he that he has died, that he has gone forever. She believes he's out there somewhere. She just needs to get to him. So she's living the life of a bike courier. Um, and you know we spend some time getting to know her at the beginning of the film she does a bike race and we get to see her working and we get to know her situation uh, Lara reluctantly accepts and gains uh, she's basically threatened that if you don't take uh, take your inheritance then they're just going to start selling off her father's estate so reluctantly she accepts and gains access to her father's office where she finds a pre-recorded message from McNulty detailing his research into Himiko, the mythical queen of Yamatai, who was said to command the power over life and death. And McNulty tells her, burn it, burn it all, burn everything, because he doesn't want this information and this power to fall into the wrong hands. Lara, being a stubborn child, does the exact opposite. She instead travels to Hong Kong, uh, to find the man who uh, who brought her father to the island, and she ends up finding his son, and they go off on, uh, after a, a bit of a chase and a bit of a you know thing. They go off and uh, essentially crash <laughs> into into the island. This is where she meets uh, Shane from the Shield. <laughs> This is the ultimate. This is the ultimate team up. Uh, so Shane from the Shield, uh, who is Walton Goggins, is our villain in this, and he has been charged by a group called Trinity, I believe, to um, take what they have of McNulty's research and find uh, Himiko, and they're using basically slave labor to do it. Uh, she escapes. You know, once it is revealed what is happening, she is taken prisoner. She and she she ends up escaping. Um, we get to, and, and this is where we start to see elements of the video game being implemented into the movie. We have her uh, flying through trees and you know, and jumping over things and crashing and and all of that, and never dying, and not once. She gets a she gets a stick in the gut. That's that's the worst that happens to her. But uh, with all of that, she ends up finding her father. Uh, she finds McNulty. And they have a reun- uh, reunification. Um, and, of course, he's disappointed in her for not burning the research. Uh, 
she decides, you know, to hell with you, and she's going to go after um, Shane herself and try to stop him from finding uh, Himiko. Uh, inevitably, they all end up at the tomb, and McNulty is there, and they all, you know, and through threats of violence and death, they all end up going into the tomb, and this is where we get into the third act of the movie. Um, they get all the way there. They find out that uh, she isn't so much magical as she is diseased. And they want to use the... They essentially want to use the disease as a biological weapon. And so she has to stop Shane from escaping the tomb with the biological weapon in hand. And inevitably, she does. Why? Indeed. Very good, Jesse. So, uh, Lara returns to London where she formally accepts her inheritance and inadvertently discovers that Trinity's front company is actually owned by Croft Holdings. She proceeds to investigate Trinity further among her father's files and, and begins to suspect that Anna Miller is one of their agents who manipulated her into accepting her inheritance in order to have Lara sign over control of Croft Holdings' business operations to her when Richard Croft stopped cooperating with Trinity. Having witnessed Trinity's ruthlessness firsthand, she prepares for her next adventure to thwart their future plans. Can you yes, can you say franchise? All right. Um no, you know, normally this is where after after Robert does his plot synopsis, he turns it over to me and I give my thoughts. I'm going to I'm going to take the role of Robert here and turn it over to you guys. Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy podcast. What did you think of this movie, and did it live up to whatever expectations you had? That was awesome. You shut your face. <laughs> I certainly can. <laughs> Did you think she was pretty? See, 
let me um I want I want you to say your piece, but let me tell you, I, I thought she was deceptively pretty. Like when I see like when I see her on the posters all grimied up and you know and dirty from the chase, uh I'm like, eh, I don't know, with your hair back like that, you know, like you're okay. Um I didn't think she I didn't think in some of the promotional material she had the sex appeal of a uh of an Angelina Jolie. An enhanced Angelina Jolie, I should say. Um, <laughs> however, when she had her hair down, when she was, you know, flitting about London uh, as a bike courier, I was like, "Woo, she's hotsy totsy. Uh, I'm into this. <laughs> You're pretty, I'll watch your movie. Not a lot. Let's be why I've never heard of this broad. <laughs> those da- those damn evil manacles. Yeah, I have. Let me uh, let me tell you what I thought here. Um, one, it's always very dangerous trying to adapt a video game to a movie because the whole concept of, of a video game is you have to present these ongoing cha- physical challenges to your avatar. You know, that's that's the game. You know, it's it, you're moving left to right. Uh, jumping over things and crawling under things and punching bad guys to get to the end. You don't necessarily have to do that in a film. And so it's trying to find that balance between 
Um, you know, and then then there's the the idea of how much of your film do you want to look like the video game? And I'm always reminded of a of an old of a online film reviewer who I used to watch. He's since gone into retirement. Well, at least last time I checked. But uh, I was a big fan of Confused Matthew for a time. And he would comment about how certain movies felt like video games that he couldn't play. And that was not a good thing. That was, <laughs> that was a negative criticism of a lot of the movies that he didn't like. So that's what I mean by balance. You want it to somewhat resemble the video game. You want there to be a nod to the video game without it becoming a video game that you're just watching someone else play. I thought they struck the balance there pretty well. You I mean it's a two-hour movie, and you spend a lot of it just getting to know her. And in, in in some of the situations that she's in, I wouldn't necessarily equate them to video game action. I mean, you know, maybe the the bike race thing, but nah, not really. Um, the sh- it, it, could you you know could you really see that being the open to a Tomb Raider game? I didn't, did not. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, I got, I just got a lot of uh, copyright infringement notices. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... <laughs> anyway well, we played a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily on the album uh, <laughs> alright I should stop looking at my email um, alright so I thought they struck a balance between uh, nods to the video game and it just you know and just giving you good movie action I thought they spent a sufficient amount of time getting you to know this gal, uh, figure out what, you know, what her world is all about, who she is, what's, what's, what's going on with her. Um, and I thought the motivation that the the motivations that she has made sense. She didn't want to give up the idea that her father had died. Um, that, you know, she wanted to hold out hope that he was still alive. And so if she never claimed the inheritance that, you know, at least in her mind, she, you know, she could believe he was still out there somewhere. She just needed to find him. Um, let me ask you, did you guys think it was a little hokey how she started to go on that adventure, though? You know, with the puzzles and everything? Like...
Um, okay. Here's where... <laughs> here's where I start to have a little difficulty with, with this movie. I remember walking out of it going, I was satisfied. Like, I didn't think it was, like, the the best movie ever. Um, I just, you know, I thought it was an... Here's the thing. I thought it was an okay action flick. If they if it had been called anything but Tomb Raider, I don't know if I would have seen it. No, okay, so a couple of things. One, why is this on the list for Damn You Hollywood? It's a franchise movie. And clearly, clearly, I believe this is Warner Brothers, yeah. Warner Brothers is going through their IP going, all right, well, we fucked the the DC Cinematic Universe eight ways from Sunday. Well, there's only so many Harry Potter movies we can make. And is Tolkien still alive? Is to can someone get J.R.R.? Oh, he's dead. Damn it. Um, well, we're out of Lord of the Rings shit now. Um, <laughs> you know, they're just the Warner Brothers is scrambling to put together, you know, uh, franchises that are be that would be competitive with Disney, 
that right now basically owns Hollywood and Universal, you know, which is, you know, a hot second place, sometimes in first place. It's, it's like Disney and Universal in a, in a constant battle for a first place and Warner Brothers just jerking off in a closet somewhere trying to make itself feel better. <laughs> just looking in a mirror going, you stink. <laughs> You're terrible. Nobody likes you. Um, so clearly they were, you know, they, they were looking through their IP and they were like, okay, let's try to rehabilitate the, uh, the, the Tomb Raider franchise, you know, especially with all the girl power stuff, uh, coming out now, you know, and, and the, uh, the popularity of Wonder Woman and, you know, next year, I'm sure Captain Marvel will be, you know, be, will, will be a phenomenon. You know, if they don't mess it up, it'll be probably just as big a phenomenon as Wonder Woman and Black Panther were. So... I think they were trying to to jump on that bandwagon. With that being said, and, and here's the question I have for you, Ronnie, and and I'm not really answering your question, Jesse, but I, I will. But is in 2018 is anyone really looking for a Tomb Raider movie? I mean, I hate the I hate when reviewers say we don't need this because we don't need any of these things. But but I I do have to ask. If you're a producer, if you're an executive at a studio, and you're looking around at the landscape of movies, what do people want? What you know? What do women want out there? Do we do we as a movie going populace want a Tomb Raider franchise in 2018? Has 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 not the time of the IP uh, t- has not time passed the IP by? Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Justice League lost so much money. <laughs> my kids, I had to pull my kids out of private school. They have to go to public school. Public school!
do you guys have any insight as to what went wrong with the with with the Tomb Raider franchise the first time around? I mean, they had an A list. <laughs> they had an A list celebrity. They they were, I think, going for. I mean, I've only watched I've only rewatched half of Cradle of Life, and it's been a long time since I've watched the original Tomb Raider. But I felt like they were serviceable action films. I mean, refresh my memory. Where where do you think they went wrong, Ronnie? Oh, no, I could spend hours talking about Ang Lee's Hulk and what's wrong with that movie. <laughs> um, you said budget. Are you intimating that, that the Tomb Raider movies look like crap? Okay. Okay. $115,000. It was stick figures. He did a great job with it. <laughs> you mean the great ones? Uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin? <laughs> Ronnie is currently looking for a mute button to mute me. Um, no, but really, Batman and Robin should have been nominated for an Oscar. Um, Jill... <laughs> Tell Schumacher you're my hero. Anyway, <laughs> um, that be all. That being said, and I think that's really good insight and information. 
one of the things that's going to come up, I think, during the Tomb Raider reviews, and I haven't read a lot of them. Normally, I'm a little bit more, I'll, a little bit more, uh, I'll do a little bit more of a deep dive into the reviews and kind of get a feel for what the critics are saying about a movie. The little bit that I gleaned from this this movie's review was that this one took the source material way too seriously, whereas the Lara Croft ones were really, really silly. And they favor, and in a motif such as this one, they favor silly over serious. And I will tell you that I watched that ending sequence where, you know, where she's jumping over the spikes and, you know, and uh, she's trying to jump the chasm with the, uh, with the pick and everything. And that that whole ending, all I could think about was I, I felt like I was watching a video game and this is the silliest thing I've ever seen. And I was enjoying myself. But, like, anyone who thought, like, I didn't think they took this seriously. I mean, not, not I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, this wasn't Batman v Superman serious. Where they were, where they were trying to pro- promote the source material to, to, to a transcendent level. And failing miserably. But, you know, I think that they, I, I don't think at all, and this is kind of be the last top point, point of topic on this before we move on to the next section. I think the movie is successful in it being a basic adventure storyline where everyone seemed to be trying hard and believing in the material and giving, you know, and giving good performances. I don't think there's a bad performance in this. And with that said, we'll move on to the next part of our Damn You Hollywood show. Ladies and gentlemen, here come the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All righty. On a budget. Of almost a hundred million, ninety-four to be exact, ninety-four million dollars. Uh, we are currently sitting somewhat pretty at a hundred and thirty million dollars worldwide. Uh, here in the states, it made twenty-five. It's so far made twenty-five million and change, and overseas, it's made a hundred and five million. Um, I think it probably makes it to two hundred million and just and, and dries up about there. You know, so you know it. it Minimally, minimally profitable. What say you, Ronnie? Um, I, 
I want you to reconsider your thoughts on that because here's what it's got coming up. Here's the competition it's got coming up just in the next three weeks. Okay? Yeah. So that that's where I'm getting my, my, my figures from. So, so this Friday is Pacific Rim and Sherlock Gnomes. Now you're like, wait, wait, and Sherlock Gnomes? Hang on. <laughs> um, you got to remember, your action movies, uh, you know, maybe not for kids as young as um, mine and Jesse's, but uh, maybe his eldest child. But, you know, you for, for an action movie like this, you are trying to get bring in some of the adolescent audience. And, well... And so they're either going to see Pacific Rim or they're going with mom and dad and their younger brothers and sisters to see Sherlock Gnomes this weekend. And then the following weekend is Ready Player One. Yeah, it's fucked. So, <laughs> so April um, April sixth. I don't. There's nothing on my calendar other than a movie that I'm going to go see and to, to not review, just to go see it with my movie pass, Chappaquiddick. But Rampage comes out April thirteenth, and then the John Cena comedy, which apparently is getting rave reviews, uh, blockers. Yeah, uh, comes out on the twentieth. Um, then again, we skip a week and there's not much happening on April 27th. Um, I'm sorry, I take that back. <laughs> there's a big movie coming out April 27th. <laughs> I, you know what it was on my calendar? It doesn't say in big friendly letters Avengers on Friday because I have the time that I'm going to see it on Thursday instead. Um, I take that back. So you've got Rampage, Blockers with John Cena, and then The Avengers. Yeah, the Tomb Raider doesn't have a chance. I think Rampage will own the theater um, for two weeks. The week that it comes out and the week after, because it doesn't have a tremendous amount of competition in the action genre. And then the Avengers will wipe everything out. Will, will wipe everything out uh, in its path. Well, hang on. Let's see if Baywatch made any. Let's see if Baywatch made any money. Da, 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 Baywatch twenty seventeen, because it doesn't. Ma- the quality doesn't matter, you know. And when in a conversation like the one we're having, you know, when you say, "Well, when what was the last rock movie that did did, did poorly?" A lot of his films are not great, but they do well. Um, so yeah, so like on a seventy million dollar budget, it made it almost two hundred million dollars. It did fine. <laughs> no, it was. It, it absolutely was. It was an action comedy. <laughs> a lot of chases. 
Um, so Jumanji was a phenomenon. Baywatch made money. He was in The Fate and the Furious, and obviously that made money. He was in Moana. That made money. Central... Central... <laughs> yeah, it's still still making money. Um, as well... Why? It was fun. I, I love the hell... All right. Whatever, Robert Winfrey. Um, what... You sure, sure you can. You absolutely can. <laughs> the one with Robin Williams or the one with The Rock? Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, like Central Intelligence, this movie with Kevin Hart. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm now. So, uh, you know what I I miss Robert Winfrey to start screaming how much he hate he hates Kevin Hart, um, but but that one made two hundred and seventeen million dollars on a fifty million dollar budget. So The Rock's niche is either gigant, gigantic big blockbuster movies or these cheaply made comedies that do well because of his star power and you know and you know whatever else. Um, Let's see. He was in San Andreas, which did pretty well. He was he had a cameo in Gem and the Holograms. Let's not talk about that. Um, but let's go as far back as the 2014 Hercules, which was actually based on a comic book. Hint, hint. Um, Jesse. Hint. Comic book. It's, it's Hercules. It's based be, based on a. It's based on a comic. It's, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure it was. It was based on the graphic novel Hercules the Thracian Wars. I kid you not. The movie with the rock is based on a on a comic book, on a graphic novel. Yeah, neither did I until I until I listened, until I started looking up more um, you know, more it's not that Hercules. The uh, this is a radical. This is from Radical Comics. <laughs> Sorry, there's more than one comic book company out there, Jesse. Um, so yeah, on a hundred million dollar budget, that one made two hundred and forty four million. So I mean, you know, not everyone that he does knocks it out of the park, but you know, his movies don't his movies don't fail at the box office typically. Um. So that being said, let's go. Let's see how we did over the weekend. Uh, Tomb Raider debuted at number two. Black Panther is still breaking records and and kissing babies out there. I think five weeks it's been the number one movie in in the world. It's amazing. 
Um, so Black Panther still number one. Tomb Raider debuted at number two. I can only imagine debuted at number three. A Wrinkle in Time, otherwise known as Reese Witherspoon, turns into cabbage. Um, drop from <laughs> to, <laughs> drops two to four. <laughs> um, <laughs> drop from two to four. Love Simon debuted at number five. Game Night, which was really funny, by the way. Um, Drop from five to six. Peter Rabbit uh, dropped from six to seven. Strangers Pray at Night, three to eight. Red Sparrow, four to nine, uh, which I've heard is not great. Death Wish, um, otherwise known as We Love Guns, dropped from seven to ten. Annihilation, a great science fiction flick starring all women that nobody saw, dropped from eight to eleven. Jumanji is still in... (laughs) In the top 20, dropped from 10 to 12. Seven Days in Entebbe debuted at number 13. The Greatest Showman is still out there, dropped from 13 to 14. The Hurricane Heist, one of my favorite movies of this year, dropped from 9 to 15. Um, Having Sex with Water dropped from 12 to 16. I haven't seen it. I'm totally ripping that off from somewhere else. Um, Gringo dropped from 11 to 17 in its second week. Fifty Shades Free, Ronnie Adams' favorite movie this year so far. (laughs) Um, The... <laughs> I can't continue. The Death of Stalin dropped from, uh, rose from 29 to 19. Thoroughbreds, 15 to 20. And debuting at number 21 was Raid 2018. Um, so here's where we stand uh, worldwide for the year so far. Obviously, Black Panther is still number one with almost uh, $1 billion, uh, $2 it's just about there. And then we have a, a couple of foreign films. We've got Operation Red Sea and Detective Chinatown. Then Ronnie Adams' favorite movie, uh, Fifty Shades Freed, at, uh, at number four at three, with $365 million. By the way, Ronnie, because I know you were wondering about this, Fifty Shades Freed had a budget of $55 million. It's made $365 million worldwide. It's almost made a hundred million in the United States alone. It must be. <laughs> hang on, hey, hang on. Let me go get my popcorn. <laughs> All right, pulling the popcorn out and go.
I, I went with a girl who wasn't my wife. Am I supposed to reevaluate my life, sir? <laughs> well, I am. Not, I, I have been called a pretentious douchebag on more than one occasion. If a pretty girl wanted to go on a date with you to the movies and she said and the only movie she wanted to see was Fifty Shades Creed, you're telling me you wouldn't go. A pretty girl. <laughs> Everything else about this girl is perfect. Everything about this girl you love more than life itself. It's the one thing. The one thing. I'm sending you an article that we have to talk about when we do the when we do the Toys R Us thing, Ronnie. No, the, no, I'm being serious. No, I'm I'm not. I I don't have the I don't have the strength. <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are? Um, <laughs> are you done with your answer? Are you done with your rant? Because I I kind of interrupted you with your with a challenge, and you're 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 sticking to your gun, so I have to give you credit for that. Sure. <laughs> I don't have the strength to fight you tonight on this. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> yeah, I I already I, and Jesse pretty much cut that argument to shreds. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's lying next to Colton as he plays uh, as he draws pictures. <laughs> Colton's drawing Colton's drawing pictures of what of what uh Jesse cut and left on the floor from that argument. All right. Um I've had enough of you. <laughs> um Ronnie Adams' uh, secret fetish movie 50 Shades Freed is the number 4 movie in the world. <laughs> Monster Hunt 2 is number five the Maze Runner? The De- Maze Runner: The Death Cure is number six. Paddington Two uh, is at number seven. Insidious number eight, and Peter Rabbit number nine. And then Tomb Raider has broken into the top ten. It won't be there for long. Um, God, a Wrinkle in Time hasn't even made it to a hundred million dollars yet. Yikes! <laughs> that's 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 going to be a loss leader for, uh, for for Disney, unfortunately. Not that it'll matter after the Avengers. 
And they put in Reese Witherspoon turning into romaine lettuce. Does she know? I will tell you that looking at this top 10 list, there are only three movies that are north of $500 million. Everything in, in, in Fifty Shades for Eat isn't one of them, Ronnie, in case you were wondering. Um, everything else is less is less than actually four hundred million. So I would I would imagine over the month of April and May, everything from four to ten is going to get wiped out of the top ten quickly. Um, not really, to be honest with you. I mean, I've talked about a little bit about it, but I mean, Robert Winfrey condemns me for having a movie pass because then I go see movies like The Hurricane Heist. You know!
Well, I'll tell you, I mean, this show, to do this show costs me money because I have to, I, I mean, I'm not going to screeners. I'm paying for these movies. And my wife was like, my wife told me at the beginning of the year, she's like, if you're going to continue to do this movie review show, you need to get movie pass. Like, there was no real discussion about it. Um, now, she was like, I'm willing to accept the occasional Avengers uh, where, you know, I'm buying... I already bought my ticket for the Avengers. I'm one of those people who broke the pre-sale uh, record. Because um, I knew I was going to go opening night. I knew I, knew I was going to go Thursday after work. So she was like, okay, every once in a while for a movie like that, like, I can see you buying your ticket ahead of time. But for all these other movies that you go to, she's like, they're not all Star Wars. They're not all going to sell out. There's no reason why you can't do movie pass and save this family the hundreds of thousands of dollars you're spending at the movie theater for your podcast that generates a 10 cent return. Um, so I was like, yeah, good point. My 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 parents go to the movies once a week, same as I do. I go every Friday night. They go, I think, every Wednesday afternoon. They both have a movie pass. Yeah, they, they see everything. Um, you know, like I said, Chappaquiddick comes out uh, in a couple of weeks, and that's not a movie I would have gone to see because it's not a movie that I would review with Robert Winfrey because I'd like to torture him. Um, and that would... That would... <laughs> you all love me and you know it um but uh you know the the whole the whole motif of this show is to do the blockbusters the franchises you know that kind of thing chapaquitic does as much as i want to go see it doesn't really fall into that mold and i wouldn't go see it in the movies without movie pass you know, I like most of the movies I saw this year so far because like I don't really start going hot and heavy until now. Actually, like April and March and April is when the blockbusters start coming out these days. Like you know, February and January outside of Black Panther are all dead months. Um, but like I saw I Tanya, Proud Mary, Twelve Strong. You know, and these were not movies I would have seen in the theater normally. Uh, don't know. It was the first movie pass movie I saw. I saw it at ten o'clock at night and slept through half of it. <laughs> On you Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jesse, Ronnie, I have a question for you. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All right, here we go. If you've never listened to a Damn You Hollywood Boy, did you pick a weird one to start with? Um, but if you've... <laughs> But if you have never, yes, sir. <laughs> what? What's your question? Why? Why? Why is no one talking to me? Um. 
<laughs> so the whole thing is I say I have a question and then Triple H says are you ready and then Michael Scott says no 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 have you not listened to one of these shows before do you not know oh my god alright <laughs> and I just droned into nothingness alright if you've never listened to a damn you Hollywood before boy did you pick a doozy to turn into tonight uh, this is the part of the, re- the show where we review the reviewers. We go to Rotten Tomatoes and we look at th- these ex- uh, excerpts from professional reviewers and we tell you why they all stink at their job. Here we go. Does it as happy as the first time you saw a Fifty Shades movie? <laughs> One day, my wife keeps saying, "Like we, you know, we need to take a trip and, like, you know, go to Ohio or West Virginia or Pittsburgh or whatever, you know, and meet and meet all you guys." And um, and I told her, "I'm like, that's fine. Pretty sure though, you know, we'll, we'll get along with everybody. But the first thing Ronnie's going to do is kick me squaw in the balls." <laughs> now we got that out of the way. <laughs> Let's go get a beer. All right. Luke Parker of We Got This Covered says, Oscar-winning actress Alicia Vikander's attempts at establishing dramatic control over the film are outdone by the naturally goofy atmosphere that any movie like this fosters. <laughs> she did. We are off to a roaring start. <laughs> Robert would be like, "Oh, I've been replaced." Um, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> let's just move on. Uh, Bobby Lap. Okay. Oscar-winning actress Alicia Vikander's attempts at establishing dramatic control over the film are outdone by the naturally goofy atmosphere that any movie like this fosters. (laughs) There we go! Uh, Second... You pretentious douche. <laughs> she won the de- she won the deceptively pretty award. That's right. So right up there with Fifty Shades. Um, <laughs> please tell me she won an Oscar for a fetish movie where she's just eating Danishes. 
<laughs> in a slightly askew robe. Um, <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Lapire of Film Threat. The editing is shockingly bad. The green screen of some of the worst in recent memory, and the characters are so underdeveloped it seems inappropriate to use the word characters on them. No, I mean, again, I, I saw Reese Witherspoon turn into lettuce. <laughs> it was not believable. <laughs> I, I sent her tomatoes and canopies. Um, anyway, <laughs> Mario Allegre of Proxima Tanda. The bar has been set so low for video game movies that it doesn't require much effort to make something mildly entertaining. <laughs> All right. Pixels. <laughs> All right, let's go. Mortal Wombats. Sorry. Based on... Oh no, that's gonna be that's gonna be the best one. Well, here's a here's a list of movies based on video games. Okay, you ready? Yes. We got No, this is just a list. Okay. Uh Super Mario Brothers, Double Dragon, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Wing Commander. Tomb Raider, Resident Evil, Cradle of Life, House of Dead, uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Alone in the Dark, Doom. Well, that gets my vote. Blood Rain, (laughs) 
Silent Hill, DOA, Dead or Alive, Postal, Resident Evil Extinction, Hitman, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale, Far Cry, Max Payne, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun Li. <laughs> Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Tekken, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Retribution, Silent Hill, Need for Speed, Hitman, Agent 47, Warcraft, Assassin's Creed, blah, Resident Evil, The Final Chapter, uh, and Tomb Raider. And uh, forthcoming, we've got Rampage, Dynasty Warriors, Detective Pikachu, Sonic the... That's on the list for next year. Um... Sonic the Hedgehog, Uncharted, and Sleeping Dogs. I have a couple things I need to tell you right now. Next year, there's going to be a Minecraft movie. That's already set for release. But you know what's in development right now? Uh, Jesse Starcher? Do you know what's in development? And I, and I expect you to be there opening day when it comes out. Dragon's Lair, the movie. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Dirk to dirk. Yes. Um. Yep. All right, let's get back. To <laughs> All right, Su Susanna Polo of Polygon. After years of attempts, no one expects a video game movie to be high cinema. But if Tomb Raider wasn't going to be great, I at least held out hope that it would be entertaining. Yes. Rosebud, Rosebud, Rosebud frozen peas. They're full of vitamin A and green penis. That's terrible. I'm out of... <laughs> You've never heard that? <laughs> You've never heard that? That's from Pinky and the... <laughs> <laughs> that was that's from Pinky and the Brain. Uh, 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. I will. I swear. I will find you the clip when we're done with the show and send it to you. Rosebud, rosebud, frozen peas. They're full of vitamin A and green penis. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? <laughs> it was a pun, Jesse Starcher. <laughs> they got away with a lot of that shit on that show. Moving on. Brooke Corso of The Monitor. Uh, unfortunately, the, this emphasis on rebooting the character does less for actual development and feels like too much wasted time between plot points. Apparently, she doesn't like watching movies, I'm guessing. Well, if you like, if you like that one, you guys are gonna love this next review. Uh, Graham Tuckett of Stuff.co.New Zealand. While Vikander may bring it physically, she totally lacks the chemistry of a lasting matinee idol. She never makes us laugh, and for a film called Tomb Raider, that really is missing the point. Cause, cause as we know, Tomb Raider is this raunchy comedy. Yes. <laughs> okay, here we go. He gave, well, he he gave he gave game night a three point five out of five. I'm reading it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Not in that not in that excerpt. (laughs) 
I saw, uh, no, I don't know about you, but I saw Schindler's List. I couldn't stop laughing. The belly laughs, you know, in Schindler's List. <laughs> um, Matt Goldberg of Collider. Boo, we hate Collider on this show. Rora Uthang's movie, movie is a constant drag. Always leaning into the seriousness of the story, but rarely finding the joy in the journey. Who's eating chips? <laughs> don't, don't do it into the microphone. Um, all right, that one. Go. Yeah. Shots fired. Nick Vidala, Philadelphia and Daily News. You, <laughs> you can take <laughs> you can take Angelina Jolie out of Tomb Raider, but you can't make the movie any more exciting, even if you replace her with Academy Award winner Alicia Vikander. Yes. I want action tonight. Satisfaction. All right. <laughs> All right. Last one of the night here. And I'm curious to see how you guys are going to handle it. Dana Barbudo of the Patriot Ledger. Let's hope the next script can match Lara's strength and newfound badassery. Otherwise, let's lock the crypt and throw away the key. Actually, <laughs> so, okay, I, this is actually going to be the last one because this one's hilarious, and then we're going to go. Tara Brady of Irish Times. 
one can only assume this is Alicia Vikander's anniversary gift to Michael Fassbender so that he can feel a bit better about the underwhelming Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, it was. Ugh, that was a, that's, that's a long two hours that I wanted back when it was over, and I slept through half of that. It's terrible. Ugh. All right. Yeah, we did. No, I wasn't on that show. That was Robert and Sean Comer. But yes, we... <laughs> All right, folks, that brings us to the end of our review. I want to thank Jesse and Ronnie for um, agreeing to do a commentary track for the Fifty Shades Free trilogy. And... Um... <laughs> Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come here, horsey. <laughs> you know, it makes me laugh, even though you guys can't hear the sound effects. Um, but I just, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't warn you. But I'm beating a dead horse, get it? <laughs> All right, moving on. Um... <laughs> Tomorrow night on uh, the Metal Hammer of Doom, please join us as three pretentious douchebags review yet another album. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the Metal Hammer, of, <laughs> the Metal Hammer of douchebaggery. <laughs> yes, the Metal Hammer of douchebaggery uh, will review the new Judas Priest album, Firepower, and. Okay. Do do you like Judas Priest? Good. Turn into our show so I can shit in your mouth. Um. <laughs> uh, if you've got an accent, <laughs> if you're a foreigner with an accent trying to sing a Judas Priest song, come listen to our show. I got something to tell you. Um. <laughs> Yeah, my 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 wife told my father-in-law about the uh, you know about me giggling about how the the baby metal chick uh, pronounced painkiller, and and then I got called a racist for it. And my father-in-law goes, "You're right. It's absolutely racist to to call out things that are a fact." <laughs> <laughs> I not once said it was a bad thing. I just I I thought it was adorable, and I needed to point it. I needed to point it out, but apparently I'm a big bully, a big fat bully. So whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're gonna fuck Baby Metal's career right up. Uh, the metal, the metal hammer of doom in our thirty in our thirty YouTube subscribers. We're coming for Baby Metal. The fuck out of here. Um. Thursday on the Rattleton Broadcasting Network on Spreaker. We'll be doing On Trial. We'll be uh, capping off Tomb Raider Week with Lara Croft, Tomb Raider 2, The Cradle of Life. Next week, we've got a bunch of different shows for you. We're going to have on Source Material, um, celebrating the new show on Sci-Fi, Krypton. We'll we'll be doing Superman, The Many Worlds of Krypton, Volumes 1 and 2. We'll be doing, uh, Robert Winfrey will be back and we'll be reviewing Robots Punching Monsters 2, otherwise known as Pacific Rim Uprising. And then uh, Jesse and I will, they'll over, I'm sure we'll have a bunch of um, Metal Hammer of Doom extras, but the Metal Hammer of Doom will be, re- uh, will be reviewing the sword, Used Future, on the 28th of March. And then we end the week with a Screaming Boys show about the rise and fall of Toys R Us. So that ought to be a fun panel discussion on the screaming boy. All right. And speaking of the. <laughs> and speak. Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy podcast. I've already plugged your. <laughs> I've already plugged your next show, but why don't you go ahead and tell people what the Screaming Boy is all about and where it can be found outside of the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network, sir. No, no, that's my job. Love that story. <laughs> Hang on, my favorite part of that story was the two kids ignoring the tape. I don't know why this is here. I gotta play some Tom Crisis.
Josh Calandras.
Screaming Wife podcast is going to fuck your eardrums. <laughs> All right, and speaking of fucking your eardrum, Jesse Starcher, go ahead, do your plugs. <laughs> <laughs> I have corrupted Jesse. Woo! All right, once again, thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Ronnie, for putting up with Mike Shenanigans tonight and reviewing to <laughs> Thank you. And reviewing Tomb Raider with me. This has been the Rattledge and Broadcasting Damn You Hollywood Review. Damn You Hollywood Review of Tomb Raider. We'll be back next week to review Pacific Rim Uprising. Be well, be safe, and behave. Don't talk, Ronnie. It's theme music now. This is this is outro music. We're playing music. There's some music. A matchup. And what a team, Mike. Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.